Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. On this podcast, we'll be talking about faith with works, that faith may be made perfect. When we take a look at the book of Hebrews, and it's about the writing the laws now in our heart, not on tables of stone, and in our mind. We have to be not conformed to this world, begin transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's the only way that we can prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is. We must do the will of God. In Hebrews 6, it says, Therefore leaving, I didn't say forget, therefore leaving the first principles of the oracles of God and that doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. He's looking for perfect works to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man, where we're growing up into Jesus in all things, all things of faith, all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Sanctification is something that has been laid to the side and hardly ever mentioned or preached on or addressed to the body of Christ. And he has perfected forever them that are sanctified, as it states in the book of Hebrews. When we see that perfection, he goes on and says, in that doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again that foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying on of the hands and of the resurrection and baptism, the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. He's speaking perfection unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now, he's going to do a work in the last days. Hebrews 12 tells us this. And it says that the Lord, there in the days of Moses, he shook the mountain. He came down upon Mount Sinai with the sound of a trumpet that grew louder and louder. And the mount smoked. And the Lord descended upon it with fire. All the people of God were fearful. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. A wonderful time in their Pentecost in Sinai. But now the Lord hath promised. Yet once more, he shake not only the earth like he did back then, but he's going to shake also heaven. That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. Everything man made, man made doctrine, everything that is not God, that is the perfect spiritual truth that God has given us, will be removed. Only those things that remain will stand in that day. It is the final work of the ministry in God's work in judgment, judgment laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet. He says there that the Lord hath promised it, that he will not shake the earth only, but also heaven. It still remains to be done. That all that can be shaken, all that is built upon a faulty foundation, not upon the true Christ, the doctrine of Christ, will be removed. They will not stand in that day. They will be removed, and those that cannot be shaken may remain the true body of Christ, seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved, 
let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. He's going to judge this earth by fire. Notice that in Hebrews, in the 13th chapter, verse 21, in verse 20 and 21, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. Well, who raised him from the dead? Well, God did. Who's God? Jesus Christ. We see that in John 2. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. The Jews said, 46 years are they in building this temple. And you're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Jesus, the spirit that he is, always has been and always will be, literally raised his own body of flesh and blood there in that three days, just as he said he would. And uh, the blood was shed, every drop of blood. So then he told Thomas, flesh and bone is not a spirit as you see me have. That flesh and bone, why not the blood? Because the blood was shed. His precious blood uh, that was shed, because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So he said he raised, Jesus raised himself from the dead, his own body of flesh, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. This is not a covenant that will be for a short period of time, but it's an everlasting covenant. He says there in the bottom line, verse 21, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, not our will. For only those that do the will of God will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is very profound promise given to us that we must do his will. We must be protectors of his divine nature. He says, working in you, God working in you, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. How? Through the Holy Ghost. Through Christ, the Spirit that's in you. Through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. There we see that we have to find the will of God in the quest for life and be a doer of it. Not just a hearer. We have to grow from little children. We've grown from little children as newborn babes desire than sincere knuckle where they may grow thereby, but then we grow into little children because the little children know that he is the father. They've known the father, therefore they've grown in glory. But then we go from little children to young men. I write to you young men because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. It's through that word of God that's in us that we are transformed into the renewed mind, not conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is. We must do the will of God. James goes on and tells the same thing. And he says, knowing this, that the trying of our faith works patience. Well, tribulation worketh patience. And tribulation is how he tries our faith. Through these manifold temptations, 
and have counted a joy when you fall into them, though your faith be tried as by fire, that it may come forth as pure gold. It's going to be tried. And it has to be tried because we're building the oil of salvation with tempered mortar, mortar that's been through the fire, not untempered mortar. If we daub the wall with untempered mortar, nothing has been through the fire, then the wall will fall. And great will be the fall of it. But he says this tribulation worked with patience, but let patience have her perfect work. Now notice the work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, not coming behind in every good work and doing the will of God. When we're seeing there in James, the first chapter, he says, we are to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, and for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, and that righteousness must be obtained through obedience. We must obey the will of God. We must obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, Christ in us, hope of glory, Jesus Christ. And he says there in Romans 6, Whosoever you yield your members of servants to obey, him of the servants to whom you obey, even though the ones that have the Holy Ghost, we have to be sanctified. We have to obey the truth. We have to do the will of God. And if we don't, then we, if we yield our members to sin, it'll bring forth death. But if we, through obedience unto righteousness, will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So James 1, verse 21, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive the meekness, the in, with meekness the engrafted word, the word of God, which is able to save your souls. Well, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the word. Sanctify them to thy truth. Thy word is truth. But James tells us, faith without works is dead, being alone. But we're told in the world today, in the church world, the worldly church, I should say, that you don't have any works. You're not servants unto God. You're not servants to righteousness, which we are. They say faith plus zero, nothing, equals salvation, which is a lie. You show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works, James says. Can faith alone save you? No. When we're not talking about the works of the law, we agree. By the works of the law, no flesh should be saved. Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things, the new count of a dung, that I might win Christ, be found not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. By the works of the law, no flesh should be saved, but the righteousness of God by faith. For we're saved by grace through faith. But grace reigns through righteousness, through the work of the Holy Ghost. Righteousness is... Uh, the prevailing will of God in our life through obedience. Now I'll say that again, that we obtain righteousness through obedience. And without obedience, there's no way to go unto and have be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He that knew no sin became sin for us, 
that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, in him, by him, and through him. And that requires obedience, obedience to the will of God. And he goes on and says, but be ye doers of the word. It's not enough to hear the word because he says, and not hearers only, not just to hear the word, deceiving your own self. We deceive ourselves thinking, well, God's love. And therefore, he's not going to require the word of God in obedience in us, which is a grave, grave mistake. We're deceiving our own self. That's what James said. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, in a mirror. He beholds himself and goes his way. And straightway forgets what manner of man he is. But whosoever looking to the perfect law of liberty. Now the perfect law of liberty is that glass. We with all with open face now beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. That is not seeing through a glass darkly. That's not having knowledge in part. Not having faith in part. For that faith is now revealed to us in Christ Jesus. And a perfection, perfection to get us there, to the perfect image of Jesus Christ. So we are without excuse that God has provided the way, the truth, and the life for us, that we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same exact image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord is that spirit. Jesus is that spirit. He is God. He is the Father. And we obtain that righteousness through Christ in us. That mystery of godliness, the God life, very simply, is 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is that mystery of godliness, the God life. Not anything that we do. For God was manifest in the flesh. He's the one that did it. He overcome the world, the devil, in his own flesh. He fulfilled his own law in the days of his flesh. Hebrews tells us in that first law, there had to be a change of it because if there's a change of the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek, there must be a change of the law. The law of carnal ordinances, which was weak in the flesh. And what the law could not do in that it was weak in the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and percent condemned sin in the flesh. And Adam, after the fall, God himself made himself of no reputation to take on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man, and that in the likeness of sinful flesh, Romans 8, 3. So he could be tempted in all points like as we are. For as much then as the children are protectors of flesh and blood, just like us, he took part of the very same. And in all things, he was made like unto his brother. He, because of his righteousness, through obedience, learned obedience through the things which he suffered. 
and the captain of our salvation made perfect through sufferings, has made the way, the truth, and the life for us, giving us of his spirit. Now we're made the righteousness of God in him through faith, by faith, and in him, by him, and through him for eternal salvation. But that requires obedience. So whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey him are the servants to whom we obey. Of obedience unto righteousness. Or if we do not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's called iniquity. Then it's sent unto death. We still die. And he says here, if we don't continue in that word, in that perfect law of liberty, our daily bread, continuing in it, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood, giving us the daily bread to feed the inner man, not the outward man, not the worldly man, not the flesh, but the Christ that's in us. Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, daily, if we feed that inward man, the inner man, created after Christ Jesus, Christ in us. Just as Paul said, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How did you get the faith, Paul? Well, how did we all get it? God has dealt to every man the measure of faith according to his will, his purpose, his ministration. One spirit, he is that spirit. The Lord Jesus is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. But there's different callings, different ministrations, different ministries. And that is our quest for life, to find it, the will of God, and do it. And to do that, we have to behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord. We have to continue in the perfect law of liberty. And we have to stand, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free. We have to continue in that word. And by doing so, there... We're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Not a doer of the word, a doer of the work. That means that we do the will of God that he's called us to do in working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Not our own plan of salvation, the plan is already made. We repent, we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, born of the water and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Now we're born again. Now we have to grow, grow up in Him in all things. The next step from little uh, newborn babes are little children. And that's by knowing and the knowledge that Jesus is the Father of glory. We've known that He is the Father. Then we go to young men. Now that's when we start doing the will of God in work. Our works do follow us. The works that accompany salvation seeing our good works and glorifying our Father which is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's through these works. And Jesus said in every church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, I know thy works. And he's looking for perfect works, just like he told Sardis, the church at Sardis. I have not found thy works perfect. He's looking for perfect works through the perfect law of liberty. Why is it a perfect law of liberty? Not just a law, but a perfect law. That with we continuing, the body of Christ continuing 
in that perfect law of liberty that we will be conformed to the same image of Jesus Christ who is and has obtained perfection. The captain of our salvation made perfect through sufferings. Well, he says that if we are to follow our Lord Jesus Christ and he perfected holiness in the, the days of his flesh, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings, he will do the same with us. Notice it says, he says in James 1, verse 6, there, that, that every man ask of God in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavers like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't have the world and God too. It has to be the mind of Christ all the way, a daily bread, continuing in the perfect law of liberty. Then he says that the man that endureth, in verse uh, 12, James 1, verse 12, blessed is the man that endures temptation. Now, the temptation is the trial of your faith. Count it a joy when you fall into diverse temptation, Peter said. Why? That your faith, though it be tried as by fire, may come forth as pure gold. Think it not strange, the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as your partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. How did you get that? That's the grace of God, which reigns through righteousness, through what he did. Now his spirit's in us to lead us and got us to do his will and the work that he's called us for. And he said uh, there in verse 12, we have to endure temptation. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. For when he is tried, the believer's tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God, for God tempted no man. Every man's tempted when he's drawn away his own lust, Lust conceived bring forth sin. Sin conceived brings forth death. Let no man say what he's tempted. He's tempted of God. God tempteth no man. It there for this flesh to be put under, to be crucified, to do the will of God, requires that we, through the Spirit, crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. And thereby, looking into the perfect law of liberty daily, that we do a doer of the work, not a word of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. The works that he's looking for is perfect works. Not just a hear of the word, but a do of the word. And it says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, he deceives his own heart. This man of religion is vain. And this in the work of the ministry, is a work. That work is that we, through the perfect law of liberty, continuing therein, are changed into the same image of Jesus Christ under perfection. And perfection is the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That knowledge there, in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, is epigonosco. Gnosko is this knowing Jesus after the Spirit. We receive the Holy Ghost, we have the Spirit of God, Christ in us. 
but the knowledge of the Son of God, there in Ephesians 4, is epigonosco, epi, much higher gnosko. How much higher knowledge? What? It means coming to the same image of Jesus Christ in the perfect will and the work that he has called you to do. The same as me. Whatever the work that God has called us for is the will of God for us. So we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We must do the will of God. If we don't, we hear the frightful words in Matthew 7, not all the saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. And then they begin to profess unto Jesus because they didn't do the will of God. Then they will start laying their case out that they have uh, uh, followed the Lord. They've done many wonderful works in his name. They prophesied in his name. They were using the gift. They cast out devils in his name. But Jesus said, I never knew you. You didn't do the will of God. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost and obedience. Somebody said, well, I didn't know we had to obey. Not only obedience to the word of God, but the work that he's called you for. For God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, the measure of faith. That is a metron of faith, a measure of faith. Jesus, of course, is the Holy Ghost. So therefore, when he became birth in the city of David, Christ the Lord, God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. The man had the spirit without measure. Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman, their birth of Mary. There we are born of the spirit, not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of the spirit as adopted sons and daughters of God. We're not that spirit that takes on flesh. We are born with an Adamic nature and have to be born again, adopted, sons and daughters of God, born of the Spirit. Jesus was not born of the Spirit. He is the Spirit. There's the main difference. He's the only begotten God. He's the only begotten Son, the only begotten One, the Yaqid, the so unique God manifest in flesh. We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit of God, the invisible Spirit, that is in heaven and in earth, everywhere omnipresent. And my servant, whom I have chosen. Somebody said, well, this sounds like two. Yes, it sounds like two to the natural man, but it's not. The truth in the spirit is that Jesus, the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, is that servant. That you may know and believe and understand and believe me, saith God, that I am he. The Lord is that servant. And he says, before me, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. See now that I, God, am thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And that's where we miss the mark. And therefore, the judgments of God are manifest in the earth through a chastening rod to get us to return back to him before we're condemned with the world and a mystery of Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abomination of the earth that deceiveth the whole world. And John tells us what that deception is. In Revelation 16, 13, John saw it. He saw the Trinity. He saw what we've been duped and we've been told. These are the ecumenical council, these synods, and the Nicene Creed, the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD, and the Chalcedonian definition of Chalcedon in that synod. 
of the God-man that there was a trinity, which was a lie and is a lie and always has been a lie. Now God's going to get his body to come out of that Babylonian mis, uh, that, that mistake, mistaken identity into the true and real Jesus. That's what he's doing now. He's doing it through judgments. All God's ways are judgments. It's his mercy that he is pulling and saying, come out of her, my people, and touch not the unclean thing. John saw it. In Revelation 16, 13, he said, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs. Not lion, man, ox, and eagle, not living creatures in God, but three unclean spirits like frogs. They're three spirits, individual spirits. Coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. A trinity. Spirits of devils working miracles. Working miracles, yes. And that's the delusion that God would send in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter, because they received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Well, what's righteousness? Jesus is that spirit. He's the only true God. There's only one, the only one of Israel. Isaiah 43, 10 through uh, 17 tells us that. He is the Philippians 2, 6 through 8, God who's manifest in the flesh. He is the Father of glory, John 8, 24. He and the Father are one and the same Spirit, John 10, 30. We've missed the mark. We've took what these ecumenical councils have said and said this is the truth. And it's been driven down through the ages and the tradition of the elders that made the Word of God in effect. But now God, through in these last days, are moving upon his true people, seeking his heart with all their heart. They're revealing, he's revealing the true Jesus, the real God and eternal life to those that have an ear to hear. And they bring, they're coming out of Mr. Babylon the Great, the ones that have deceived the whole world in this doctrine of a trinity, which is not but only one God, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, father of us all, and in us all, one, not three, not three, not a trinity, not a triune, not a binary of two-ness, and not a oneness where Jesus is set on the right hand of God. He sat down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21, glorified with the Father's own self. John 17.5, he is the Father of glory. John 8.24, he is the Lord and Christ, that man's been made, both Lord and Christ, Acts 2.36. That all the house of Israel know, surely that same Jesus whom you crucified. God hath made him, what? Both Lord and Christ. He is that spirit. That is Jesus, the spirit of God. The Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Well, that's what he's doing here. He's looking for works. When we have to sanctify ourselves holy, he has perfected forever them by one offering. Those that are sanctified, set apart for God's use, sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. You get sanctified through that truth, that word is true. Then it brings forth works that glorify God. That's the reason why in James 1 verse 25, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, not just one day, but continuously seeking the Lord God daily with daily bread, feeding the inward man and continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer of the word, but a doer of the work, 
the work that he's called you for. You do the work. You do the work of the ministry. This man shall be blessed in all of his deeds. God's got the blessings on you. And it's simply by doing and obey obedience to the will of God. And anyone that does not do the will of God, Jesus said, Matthew 7, hearing the frightful word, depart from me, you that work iniquity, I never knew you. For you did not do the will of God. We must do the will of God, whatever he's called us for. Not all are called to be apostles. Not all are called to be prophets or teachers or workers of miracles, governments, helps, whatever the case is, but you're called for a particular ministration in the body of Christ. When it says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, that's not general faith. That's faith to you. Individual faith for you to do the will of God that he's called you and member in particular to do. Not a general faith. Anyone that tells you that's a liar. God has given you his spirit and the faith, whatever he's called you for, he's given you the faith, the ability in his spirit to do it according to his will. His spirit speaking to you, leading you and said, this is the way you walk in it to do the will of God that only you can do. You are a member in particular. You have a very important cause for living and doing the will of God as a member in particular in the body of Christ that do that particular will that only you are called to do, that you are called to do. He has given you that measure of faith to do it and to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you. It's him working. It's him leading. He's him guiding you to do his particular will for your life, not for anybody else's life. It can't be given to you from a pastor, a bishop, apostle, or prophet, anybody else for that that, that, that matter. Only you, through the Spirit of God, listening to his voice. And the sheep knows his voice. A stranger will not follow to do his will. And when you seek God with all your heart, you will find, and as you read the Word of God daily, seeking his will, he will show it to you. And he will work in you in a powerful, effectual working of grace, which is not just something that's inactive or dormant, but dynamic in moving you, compelling you to do the will of God. Saying, here's the way, walk in it. You will feel the Spirit of God leading you to a certain thing or doing a certain thing. Might be just a light on your job. It might be for the work of the ministry in a particular area as servants to your masters or as ministers, uh, and everyone is called in a ministry. Different ministrations, different ministries. Members in particular, the body of Christ. There's a will of God that only you can do. Now, it may not be to travel across all the world and preach to all the nations in doing a missionary work, but it's certainly a will of God for you to do in particular in his body. That's why he called you. Then now the quest for life is to find that will and do it. The only way you can do that is Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world. you got to come out of it. We have to crucify that world, that lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. We have to get rid of that. 
not conformed to this world, but we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? That we can prove, so that we can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for each of us is, and then do it. And these works that will be made perfect, he says, uh, that we are not a hearer, but a doer of the work. Seeing your good works, a living epistle in action on your jobs, on your ministries, no matter what case and whatever he's called you to do and whatever platform he's given you or whatever he's called you to do, even as it seems like a menial task uh, that we're workers and we go off to the job daily, but you are a light. You're a light to the world right there in that, in that area that you're in. You're that light, a city set up on a hill that cannot be hid. You're a royal priesthood. You're a chosen generation. You're a holy nation. That you show forth the praises of God right there on your, in your platform, whatever it is, whatever it is. It may seem many of you. It may not seem important, but to God, it's very important. That the body comes together in one and lifts up him. And if he'd be glorified, he's lifted up. He'll be the one glorified. And you're glorifying in your body. And that is doing the will of God. If this has struck uh, a chord with you, that it's the truth. Well, then we'd like to know you, like to meet you, become one. Know them the labor among you in the body of Christ. We would like to go gather with you in one body. Simply, if you would, give me a call. Uh, the country code is one plus area codes 903. 746-4885. We'd love to meet you. Leave a message on the phone. I'll get back to you. Uh, we've had many that are calling. The body of Christ is coming into one and is going. And the Lord is gathering his body into one. The ones that will come out of Babylon be ye separate. Or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. 75606. Or you can visit our website. Uh, that is uh, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. We want to thank you for all your prayerful support, your generous donations, where we're able to keep these podcasts coming to you over there. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.